Welcome to the Sarah Centrella Show. Join best-selling author, master life coach, and manifesting expert Sarah Centrella as she shares tips, tools, and inspiring interviews to help you create your dream life. It's time to hustle and thrive. Now, here's your host, Sarah Centrella. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the show. Um, Tonight, I have a different show for you tonight. My heart has been so heavy the last two weeks, as I'm sure many of your hearts have been heavy. So we've been watching what has transpired in our country. We watched the death of George Floyd play out on TV screens, on our social feeds, live. Um, And I've quite honestly been a mix of heartbroken and angry. And if you follow me on social media, you've already seen that. Um, But the last week or so, I've really been trying hard to process these feelings in a way that will do good in this world, that will help to bridge the gap, that will help to lend a voice to change, that will be a change rather than just being angry on the sidelines. And so, I don't know, I've taken a while to I guess, process or try to process these feelings and these emotions so that I could bring you what is really, really on my heart. And that is what I'm hoping to do today on the show. If you follow my Instagram, uh, you know that the last couple days I've shared some stories and some posts that were very special to me. I've shared photos, um, and examples of my inner circle, my friend group, who the majority of my close friends are black. And the last couple days I've been thinking about what they have contributed to my life, to my journey, to my story, to what I teach, to whatever influence I may or may not have in this world and how much of that is because of those friendships and the kindness and the generosity and the loyalty that they have showed me. And as I've been thinking and listening to many comments of my white friends and and white followers and seeing the frustration that is around us, and I know so many of my white friends want to do good. You know, they want to stand up, they want to support the cause, they want to do the right thing, and they don't know what that right thing is. And the fear of judgment or the fear of saying the wrong thing is a real fear. Because what you want to do is support the cause, to do some good, to bring some change, to try and understand, to try and bridge that gap. And if there's fear that it's not the right thing or 
you're doing it wrong or you're doing it late or you're not doing it right, then that can really lead to silence. And one of the reasons I wanted to do this show tonight is because I don't want there to be silence. This is a hard conversation for me to have. You can probably hear it in my voice right now. This is a hard conversation for me. These are hard conversations, you guys. But that doesn't mean that we turn away from them. It doesn't mean that we hide from them. It doesn't mean that we sit at home and say, oh my God, when will this be over so I can get back to my regular life? It means how can I make a change? How can I lend my voice in a way that will be an impact? And that's the question I've been asking myself this last week. And it dawned on me the other day as I was writing these uh, posts and examples on my Instagram that maybe what is missing for some of you is that you don't have any black friends. Maybe you don't have friends of other backgrounds. Maybe you don't have friends that, you know, are from other cultures or are a different, you know, color than you are. I get that. I know people like that. And maybe that is the problem. Maybe that is where a lot of this lies. The other day I did a a live on Instagram and I didn't anticipate falling apart when I did it. And as soon as I started talking, I I think the whole thing is pretty much just crying. Um, And one of the reasons why is, is it was the first time, honest to God, that I had ever thought of my friends that I'm gonna share stories with you today about as my black friend. I know that that sounds crazy to a lot of you. It might even be offensive to a lot of you. And if it is, I'm sorry. But they're my friends. (laughs) They all have names. That is who they are. And I know people think that's impossible. And, you know, the idea in the 90s of love sees no color doesn't exist. But when you truly love somebody, you don't see them in your mind as your Hispanic friend, as your black friend, as your Italian friend, as your white friend. They're your friend and they have a name. And I started realizing that maybe some of this tension comes from the fact that that isn't normal for most people or for a lot of people. See, it's so normal to me that I can't even imagine a world where that wasn't the case. My first black girlfriend, her name is Leah, love Leah. She stood up for me in my wedding, known her since 1997. Not good at math, but I feel like that's what, close to 25 years is a long time. Uh, And we met when I was, God, what was that, 21? About 21 years old and we were both working retail. And she was my first friend that was also black. And she was so gracious and so patient because I had grown up in the middle of the, the deep, deep woods country, okay? Uh, Redneckville, Hippieville, whatever. Like, 
there was absolutely no diversity where I grew up. I didn't know one person that wasn't white growing up. It was, it was not a white privileged background. Let me be very clear. I grew up dirt poor. Um, grew up living off the land without electricity, <laughs> homeless till I was seven years old. Okay, so there was no privilege in this. But it was still white. And my parents had two thoughts as it related to racism. One was their systemic beliefs that they had grown up with because they grew up in the 40s and 50s where much of those beliefs were very deeply bred into white people, you know? And my mom would make racist remarks often. But then on the other side of it, we were also deeply religious. And so we were also taught to believe what the Bible says, love everybody and all of those types of things. And so even at a really young age, I knew those were conflicting messages. And I knew one made me feel sick to my stomach and one made me feel like I could do good in this world or I could help somebody or I could love somebody that maybe didn't feel loved. And I'm glad, I'm so glad that the latter is the belief system that I cultivated really in myself without knowing anybody who had friends that weren't white um, or anyone that wasn't white until I was like 21 and met Leah. But I knew always in my heart that I wanted to learn how to love everybody based on who they were as a person. And that might seem idealistic and whatever else. Mind you, this was also the 90s and the campaign Love Sees No Color was very present and I, I attached myself to it. I, I, I really resonated with that. It made sense to me that if you love someone, if they are your friend or you fall in love with them, you stop seeing that. Does that mean that you have the same backgrounds? Does that mean that you have the same struggles? No, it doesn't. But it means that they become a human being to you and a human being you love and want to protect and want to take care of. And when I met Leah, <laughs> she was so great because Leah's like me. She's a straight shooter. She doesn't, she doesn't bullshit around, but she also comes from a place of love as I do. And so if I would say something ignorant, having no idea that it was ignorant, you know, this was before social media, it was the early nineties. And, you know, if I would repeat a, a, a phrase or something, definitely nothing openly racist, but things I didn't even know were tied, you know, she'd be like, girl, you can't say that. And I'd be like, oh, explain it to me. I, I literally didn't even know what it meant. And she would be like, oh, here's the origin. This is why white people say that. And I'd be like, oh shit, thank you. <laughs> like, oh my God, definitely never gonna say that again. And I just want to give a shout out to Leah right now for, for doing that, because maybe that is the, maybe that was the foundation or the groundwork for what has really allowed me to live, um, a life where I feel so, so richly blessed in that it is so diverse. My kids' lives are very diverse, um, and very inclusive. And I think a lot of it was her openness and her willingness to not judge me and not not be my friend and not um, be angry, but just say, girl, come on, 
here's why. <laughs> and then she would explain it to me and she wouldn't get mad at me because, you know, what I had said was ignorant. She'd just educate me. And I would learn and I would never do that shit again, right? And then I would ask her all kinds of questions too. How do I, how do I be more inclusive? What, what things are different? How do I make you feel more comfortable? Poor Leah was the only person of color at my wedding. <laughs> the only one. And you know, I didn't understand what that must have felt like for her until a couple years later. And I went to Chicago and a girlfriend and I went out to dinner and we went to uh, a restaurant and we opened the door and it pretty much it felt like we had all eyes on us the minute we walked in and we were the only two white people who walked in the door. And it was that moment where I was like, oh, this is what Leah must feel like all the time, really all the time. You know, she was living in Portland. It was a very white area, you know, historically white city. And, and that opened my eyes in such a new way. And I thought, I don't want people to feel like that ever around me. I want them to feel loved and accepted and valued. And that is what I have been given back as a gift. And so as I've been thinking about how I can lend my voice to do good and to help bridge the gap, I thought maybe sharing some of this personal history from my life and opening up about what these friendships have taught me would hopefully help you see what's going on on the news and in our news feeds that may seem very separate from your life and may seem very much like a black and white issue and maybe not like your issue, you know? It might be them against us type thing. That I want you to start to see the human aspect in it. And I want you to think of how much richness can be added to your life by opening up yourself, your lives, your children's, your businesses to black people, to Hispanic people, to people of color. What we can learn, the lessons we can learn, the love we can receive, the loyalty that we can give each other. And maybe this will help you see what that's like. That would be my hope, because I do know that there are many of my lovely white friends, lovely white listeners who might be listening to this, who just don't know anybody in your community, don't have those friends. And whenever we don't, then we allow fear to come in. Then we allow stereotypes to come in. Then we allow prejudice to come in. Then we allow TV shows and movies to tell us how black people act or how white people act or whatever. And so much of that is misrepresented. So much of that is misrepresented. So if you don't have your own stories, if you don't have your own experience, if you don't have your own friends, then all you're going off of is historical feelings that maybe have been passed down through generations to you or what you're seeing in media and it feels separate from you. And what I pray happens 
is that we can reach out and we can build friendships. Multi-racial friendships, multi-color friendships, multi-sexual orientation friendships. Open our horizons, open our experiences, open our circle of influence. And so what I thought I would do is share a few stories with you today of my friends who have influenced me in powerful ways. These people are the reason I am here today, honest to God. They have had such an impact on my life um, for many, many different reasons. The people I'm going to talk about have been my loyalist friends, some of them for over a decade. Many have been my family, have stood by me and supported me when my family did not. And that to me is what stirred up my rage and anger when I saw George Floyd's face on the ground and that white officer's smug look on his face and his knee snuffing out the life of a gentle giant. Because to me, that could be any of my friends. And that spirit of gentle giant and kindness and loyalty and friendship is what I have experienced in my friends. And yeah, for the first week, all I wanted to do was rage, rage anger. Why, 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 why? But maybe if you can hear some of these stories and receive some of these stories and maybe go follow some of the people that I'm talking about, get to know them, read their stories and hustle, believe, receive. Hustle, believe, receive shares most of these stories I'm going to talk about because these are my friends. These are the, the people who influenced me and impacted me and that's why they were included and they were also included because it's been avidly important to me from day one that I always share diverse stories that I give women from all backgrounds space on my stages on my podcast on any any platform that I have these stories are the stories that rock me that connect with my heart and my soul. And I, I pray that they resonate with you as well. And maybe we can start the healing there. Maybe we can start with that love. And if you've read Hustle, Believe, Receive, then you know who Kenyon Barner is. Um, <laughs> Kenyon is probably one of the most positive people that I've ever met in my entire life. Uh, our, the story of how I met him is just one of those kind of like epic, epic stories where people wouldn't believe it unless I had the pictures to prove it type thing. Um, I met him in 2000, I think it was January of 2010, so right after he had come home from the, the national championship game. It was just a couple days after that, actually. And, and I had reached out to him on Facebook just literally a cold call. Those of you in sales know what I'm talking about. So didn't know him from Adam. Wasn't even connected to him on Facebook. But uh, my son Kanan and I are big Oregon Duck fans. And, and Kanan was a fan of Kenyon's. Kenyon was 
a big star. He was one of the biggest stars of the Oregon Ducks at that, that time. And it was Kenan's birthday, and I knew I didn't have enough money for a party. I didn't even have enough money for gifts for, for my son. And so I was trying to think of how can I provide him with an experience that he'll always remember, and he won't, he won't know that I don't have the money for a party. It makes me emotional, but, you know, as a mom, that's what I was thinking. I was thinking, how can I give my son something special that doesn't cost money, that he's not going to notice that I can't, I can't do anything else for him for his, part, for his birthday. And so I reached out and I said, hey, Kenya, <laughs> like you don't know me from Adam, but um, my son is turning eight. He's a big fan of yours and, and just total shot <laughs> in the dark here. But if I was to drive 100 miles down, would you like meet him in a parking lot or something so he could get his picture taken with you? And uh, <laughs> to my shock, he responded, immediately and said, of course, just tell me where and when. And I was so excited. I was so excited. I was like, oh my God, you know, Kanan, get in the, get in the car. I have a huge surprise for you. And so we drove down and, uh, it was already dark by the time we got down to Eugene and, uh, we wound up going to one of the, the Oregon fields and the big lights were on and there's, there's Kenyon and one of the other, um, former stars of, of the Oregon Ducks at Dixon. And they played football with my son for like an hour under the floodlights, just them, just running passes with him. And this eight-year-old kid is just like in awe, you know? And that could have been it. That could have been it. That could have just been one amazing hour that we both remember for the rest of our lives. And it wasn't. Kenyon allowed me to build a friendship and vice versa. And he was open and he wanted to know about my life and uh, he was willing to let me pick his brain about how he got where he was at and what he was dealing with and what he was going through and how he stayed positive and how he visualized, how he used visualization techniques to prepare himself for games, to excel in games, to, um, you know, at that point he was getting ready for the NFL and, and I wanted, I just wanted to like get inside his brain and be like, how do you prepare for that? How do you make that happen? And all these types of things. And, and he was just so generous about it and shared everything out, you know, answered all of my questions and, um, you know, it was over 10 years ago, um, and have built such a strong friendship ever since. And literally any, you know, anything I've ever reached out to him and been like, Hey, I have this idea. He's like, just tell me where and when I'm there, Sarah. You know, I got your back, of course. And um, he was playing with the Philadelphia Eagles, won a Super Bowl with the Philadelphia Eagles, and um, jumped on a plane and came to New York City for the, the launch of the book to support and, you know, has, has done that ever since. Um, but even more is just a solid friend that I'm so grateful to have in my life. Um, and you know, a lot of what I teach, a lot of what I teach came from conversations that I had with him when he was 20 years old. I mean, he was a 20 year old kid playing football and I was absorbing that information and those tools that he was using to become, become successful in football. And I was saying, how can I use that in my corporate career? 
how can I use that same visualization he's talking about? How can I choose to be positive instead of negative? How can I overcome obstacles? How can I be relentless the way that he's showing me he is? How can I just translate all of that into being a better mom, being the woman I want to be, excelling at my job, creating a life that I want? And so guys, so much of what I teach has come from these amazing individuals that I'm sharing with you tonight. I've learned from all of them like a sponge, absorbed that knowledge and then figured out a way to translate it in a way that's repeatable. But I didn't make it up. I'm not a fucking guru. I learned that shit from the people I surrounded myself with. I learned about acceptance, loyalty, love, hustle, overcoming struggle, overcoming adversity, empathy. I learned all of that from my friends who are also black. And Todd Washington is another friend of mine who provided a moment that will go down and probably in history in my life as one of the top 10 mom moments of my life. Um, he was the coach of the Ravens who had heard that my son's dream was to meet Michael Orr. And when we were sidelines watching the Ravens warm up uh, at that game, he had gone over to Michael Orr and told him about Kanan, told him that he wanted to meet him. And Fans are not supposed to interact with the players before games. They're not supposed to talk to them. The players aren't supposed to go over and talk to them either. Uh, so we were shocked when we watched Michael walk clear across the field towards us, walk right past the barriers and up to my son and hold his hand out and say, hey, Kanan, I heard you've been looking for me. It was one of you know, the most epic moments of my life and of my son's life. And it's one of those moments that drove his desire and passion to become a football player, which also drove his passion to get really good grades so that he could go and play college football. Um, and right now he's in that process of talking to universities and talking to coaches and playing the same position that Michael Orr played. And um, the full circleness of all of it is incredible. But that was also the kindness of what was at that point a total stranger. I did not know Todd when that happened. It was a complete kindness of a stranger. Um, and from that, I asked him if he would allow me to interview him for Hustle, Believe, Receive. And he shared his story um, in that book. And he's also going to come on the podcast. And you're going to learn a little bit more about him. Um, he has some great advice in the book. Read his story. Learn his story. And of course, my best friend, Courtney Webster. Um, I met her by chance, honestly, and her and I laugh all the time because it's so unlike either of us to kind of be outside of our comfort zone and meet a new girlfriend. It's just one of those ladies, you know what I'm talking about? It's one of those awkward things that um, when you're a grown ass woman, it's so hard to meet new women and it's awkward and it takes so much effort and we want that. We want new friends, but we're also like, Oh, it's good. It's just too much, you know? 
and her and I are actually both really like that. So the fact that we uh, took a, a chance in chance encounter meeting, which my son was, uh, her husband played uh, professional basketball. And so my son was at uh, his camp and I just met her briefly as she had come in with her kids and, and I was picking up my kids and kind of did the high, high, whatnot. Uh, and then she did something that I've never seen her do since ever. And she would agree is completely out of character for her. She reached out to me and she was like, Hey, we both have kids about the same age. Do you want to come over and have a play date? And I did something that I never do, which was like, okay. <laughs> and I remember going that first day when I met her and, and just going like, I don't know what to expect. I don't know if we're going to get along. And of course we hit it off like a house on fire. And, um, she is my sister. She is absolutely my sister and Martel's my brother and they have been my family for the last 10 years, almost 10 years since 2011. Um, been there through the ups, the downs, the thick, the thin, the, uh, you know, times when my life was a bit of a train wreck and a hot mess and they watched this dream come together. They watched me take that huge leap of faith to leave my job and start this dream with nothing but a prayer. Um, and through it all, they supported me and said, what do you need? I'm here. I got you. I got your back. And that to me is everything, truly everything, because I didn't have that from my family. And I believe you can pick your family. And I've, I've picked well. <laughs> I think I've picked pretty well. And Kim, I shared a post uh, on my Instagram this week about Kimberly Hatchett, who is my mentor. And I, I met her in another one of those kind of chance meetings. And I say chance in air quotes because there is no chance, I believe, fully in manifesting. I know for a fact I manifested every single one of these relationships um, because I knew that I needed people to look up to in my life. I needed positive people. I needed loyal people. I needed people who would show love to me, who would show acceptance to me, who would help guide me. And the universe has always delivered them right when I needed them. And when I was introduced to Kim, uh, it was it was a random Facebook, someone on my Facebook, I'd posted, hey, I'm doing these interviews. If you know someone who's successful, I would love to hear their story. And a follower, I honestly, I'm so sorry, I don't even remember your name. I didn't know him personally or anything like that. He had just seen that uh, post and he was like, yes, I know this person. Can I introduce you? And I was sure. Um, he's like, but she probably won't do it. <laughs> She's very private. She probably, I don't think she gives interviews. Um, and I reached out to her and we had our interview and I remember in that interview, she was, she was like, I kind of can't believe I'm, I'm telling you all this, Sarah. She's like, I really don't do this. This is, this is a little crazy. Um, and then on my next trip to New York, I said, you know what, is there any chance we can meet for a drink? Can I buy you a drink? I'd love to meet you in person when I'm in New York. And I didn't expect for her to say yes. Cause I, I knew that her life is crazy, crazy busy. Her circle is small and whatnot. Um, and she said, yeah, yeah, I think I'd like that. And so we sat, uh, at the bar at the Waldorf and just 
hit it off. We were talking and talking and talking for maybe an hour, hour and a half. And I remember her saying, Sarah, I kind of can't believe I'm telling you all this, which by the way, I hear from so many people. So that must mean that I'm finding my gift as I, as I grow into it or something. I don't know. Um, but she said, there's just something about you that, that I connect with and that I see. And to me, that's always been the heart, you know, if you lead with heart, that's what you, that's what you see. And that's what you get in response, that openness. Um, and she embraced me with so much love and, and so much kindness and went so above and beyond anything that you would ever expect from somebody that, that you had just met. Um, she introduced me to her circle. Many of them are featured in Hustle, Believe, Receive. Um, totally, you know, took me under her wing in a way in that she was willing to share her knowledge and her wisdom. And every time I would come to New York, we would meet and um, I would be able to, to ask her all these questions and just have an open, open conversation and she would, she would answer them. And I'm just so, so, so grateful. Um, and even when, you know, I, I had this dream for the launch for Hustle, Believe, Receive, and I had no idea how I was going to make it happen. <laughs> it was this huge amount of money to, to make this private party happen. I didn't have any sponsors and I was, I was getting ready to cancel it. And she reached out and she said, don't cancel it. Don't cancel it. I love this. I love the stream that you want to bring all the people from the book together in one room. I think that's beautiful. How can I help? She's like, I want a sponsor and I want to find other sponsors for you. And we're going to, we're going to take care of this. And I just, I will owe her for that for the rest of my life, not from a financial standpoint, but from a standpoint that I want to be able to pass that on and that love and that energy that she showed me and the kindness that she showed me. And the loyalty, you know, like that is something that is just incredible to me. I don't, I don't know many other people who would do that for somebody that, you know, they had recently connected with. And that is what I want all of you to start to see. Go follow everyone that I've mentioned. I'll put their Instagrams in the notes. Go get to know them. Go start to see people as humans. Reach out to the people that you follow and build friendships. Build friendships across race lines, across all the lines, economic, socio, all the lines. Open your heart up and you will be so amazed and so surprised at how others will reciprocate that. And Kim had introduced me to Sandra Richards, who's a best-selling author of a children's book. And uh, Sandra, I just want to thank you so, so much because I don't think that I would be here from a business perspective if it wasn't for your kind generosity. I mean, she was a sponsor for my event, but then after that called me up twice out of the blue, right when I had just started my business, when I was like, I don't know if I can do this. I left corporate where I had a great job and tried to start my business not knowing a thing about entrepreneurship or how to do a business and had no money. <laughs> it was just really struggling that first year. And twice she reached out to me and she said, hey, I have this event. And I think you'd be great. How about I connect you and let's get you to speak there. And how about I buy books for everyone in the audience? And she did that to me twice in that first year. And those were the first two paying keynote speeches I ever did. And Sandra, I just want to thank you. I wouldn't be here 
without that kindness and without that generosity and without that selflessness. And Jose, Jose is, uh, his story is also in Hustle, Believe, Receive, and he has had a dream to be an Olympian ever since I've known him, and we connected back in 2011, and um, he had come so close in the Summer Olympics the last 10 years since I've known him, and then has finally been on the team, is on the 2020 team, and of course then COVID came along and just postponed the games. But talk about relentless pursuit. I mean, the conversations that Jose and I have had about how to stay positive, how to make our mindset strong, how to go after our dreams, how to never give up on our dreams, how to go for them when everyone thinks you're crazy and no one believes in you and you don't feel like you have anyone to talk to. Jose was there. I would go to LA, I'd be on a work trip, or I'd go to New York and we would have lunch and we would just have these deep, deep conversations. Those types where you walk out and you're like, I just filled my cup, you know? Like I'm not the only one crazy out here chasing my dreams. Someone else is doing it too. And as long as they don't give up, then I can't quit either. And I just, I wanna thank you for that friendship, Jose, for all of these years, because you inspire me so much. And you have inspired me for all these years. And Diane Valentine, you know her if you've been listening to my podcast because I had her on a couple weeks ago. And I shared that story of how I was watching her, her show to run for love on Bravo. And I was like, oh my God, I love this woman. Who is this woman? And my women's empowerment dinner was coming up and I just had an idea. That's how manifesting starts, right? I had an idea and I was like, oh my God, she would be fabulous if she could speak at my event. But I knew I was underwater in my event. I had no budget. <laughs> I was running massively negative on this, this event and I was trying to just get my business off the ground. And I was like, not only am I gonna reach out to her, she doesn't know me from Adam because I'm totally cold. I'm like a fan of the show reaching out. Um, but then I'm gonna say, hey, yeah, can you come speak for me? But also I have no budget to pay you. <laughs> Oh, and God love her. Diane was like, girl, I don't know why I said yes to you. But again, I felt that. I just felt that I needed to be there. And I wanted to be in that room. And I loved your energy. And I wanted to support you. She didn't know me from a can of paint. And she was there. And she killed it. And she slayed. And I was like, oh, she needs to be my friend. <laughs> and I'm honored to say she is my friend. And... I'm there for her and she's there for me and that's what friendship is. And Linnell, you know him too. Linnell Williams, he's, he's uh, in Hustle, Believe, Receive. I just had him on the show. Um, and he's another friend that every time he's in town, he's always reaching out or if I'm in Atlanta or wherever, he's, he's a world traveler so I can't ever keep up with where he's at. But we're having lunch, we're filling our cup, we're having those conversations, those like-minded conversations where you're learning from other people who are living their dreams too and who are dreaming bigger and who are pushing themselves and Derek Malone Jr. I know you've listened to his podcast and hopefully fallen in love with him as much as the rest of the world has and I adore him so much and you know I've I've learned self-love from him like how to how to love yourself how to um always be kind to others he has the kindest energy and such a also a positive, positive attitude. You know, he had 
a big heartbreak when his NFL dreams didn't happen due to injury, you know, and I, I've watched him go through that. I watched, watched as he went through that. I talked to him as he was going through that. And even, even through all of those struggles to, to show up in his life with positivity and kindness and wanting to find those answers and wanting to be the best man he can be. I'm lucky he's my friend. And LaShonda Martin, you gave me your stage girl when you didn't know me either, you know? And you had been planning this event for a year and you brought all these NFL and NBA wives together in a room and boxing wives and pro athlete wives, baseball wives. And that was, that was your crew, you know? The, that was, those were your friends, those are people that you knew. And here I was, this white girl getting up on stage as the opening keynote. <laughs> You just trusted me to do that, you know, and thank God because the relationships that came out of that one day um, are incredible as well. And I'm so grateful for all the women that I met that day that connected, um, that have supported me since for the last almost two years um, since that speech. And Mia Wright, you did the same as well. You know, you let me be up on your stage and believed in me and believed in my story to share that story with with all the NBA wives and I'm so grateful for that and there's so many others I mean I have the list goes on and on and on but tonight I just wanted to share some of those with you because I think that if you don't have friends of color or of a different background or of a different nationality or of a different religion or of a diff different belief system and I gotta tell you, friends, your life is lacking in some way. Don't be offended. I'm just telling you that there's so much joy and so much color and so much love and so much we can learn from each other and so much we can show up for each other and care for each other and show love. And one of the questions I've gotten from my white friends and from my black friends over the last 10 years is everyone is always kind of like, Sarah, you just kind of fit here, don't you? <laughs> kind of wherever I'm at. And I feel like I do. I hope that I do. And I think that's why, that's why this was hard for me because I felt like it was the first time I, I had to, oh, it's gonna be hard to say. It was the first time I had to acknowledge that I'm not that I'm not the same, you know, and I ugh. I hear the voice of all the skeptics. I hear you. <laughs> I hear you, but you know what? I don't care because if you know me, you know that that's real. And you know that if I'm your friend, I am in your corner. I am fighting for you. I am loving you. And I am loyal. Whether you are black or whether you are white, 
And I pray that from now on, my dear white friends, that your hearts are open. And my dear black friends, I hope your hearts are open for more white friends. That's all. Good night. Thanks for listening. And remember, if you got value from today's show, please spread the love by clicking subscribe, leaving a stellar review, and telling everyone you know. And join us next time on The Sarah Centrella Show.